Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. It is something I find myself saying often that each chapter of your hero's journey will require a slightly different version of yourself. I've spent the better part of my adult life steeped in myth and initiation. I tend to notice the important markers in my own growth as well as other people. For example, for young men, maybe you notice that that you don't feel like you've quite joined the community of mature men. I've spoken about this on many, many occasions, how I was well into my 30s with this kind of shadowy feeling of having not yet arrived in the company of men. The Mankind Project's new warrior training put all that to rest with a hero's journey that brought me into this sort of new version of myself. Or maybe you get sober and that acts as a powerful initiation with a before, during, and after version of yourself that other people notice and comment on. Or maybe you take on a spiritual practice or a devotion practice that has you letting go of the things that just aren't that important anymore. It's funny how initiations do that. What was so important in the previous versions of yourself can suddenly seem quite trivial and may just sort of fall away as if by magic. Or you become a parent or grandparent, or perhaps you lose a parent or a loved one, and that becomes a mini or major initiation, something that subtly yet definitively changes the course of your life. It is with all this initiatory context as a background that my close friend Mark Jackson reached out to me. He says, men need one more initiation, one that takes us into elderhood. I could immediately feel the truth of his insight. As men, we have nothing that signifies the necessity of this movement. In fact, everything in our society is rigged against men becoming proper elders. Collectively, we worship at the altar of youth and beauty and achievement. Our narrative would have us believe that these qualities are really the only ones that matter. How sad is that? There is nothing particularly soulful about these shiny qualities, is there? Nothing to comfort us as we travel our unique hero's journey. We have many things in common, you and I. One thing for sure is we are all inching closer to our passing, to our ultimate hero's journey. How will we hold up? What rituals or people or guideposts will help us? It is with these questions in the back of my mind that I sat down with my good friend Mark Jackson to kick the tires on why we need to properly mark the passage to elderhood. Enjoy. Mark Jackson is the senior film critic of the Epoch Times, whose film reviews can be found on Rotten Tomatoes and Flickster. He has been a professional actor for 25 years and is the official radio and television voice of the world-touring Chinese classical dance show Xin Yun. He is also the narrator of the audiobook, How the Specter of Communism is Ruling Our World. Here is my interview with Mark Jackson. All right, I am here with my good friend, Mark Jackson, writer, actor, warrior, Mark Jackson. Mark, welcome back on to Basecamp for Men. It's good to chat with you again. Hey, Tony, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you know, we've done, I think this is maybe the third one. I think you've been on three or four times, but definitely like the third one. You were the guest of the second episode. It's actually the first episode I ever recorded and it came out as number two. So you've been a you've been a guest on a bunch of times. And you know, you and I, uh, we have a lot of things in common in terms of uh, some of our trajectory, in terms of like being traditional liberals and being creative types, and moving maybe over towards a more uh, uh, you know less of a Marxist viewpoint or more of a libertarian viewpoint or even conservative. Um, and you had reached out. Uh, recently and said hey uh men need and just like we have a new warrior training for men 
there needs to be something for the older men as they pass into elderhood. And that immediately kind of sparked something in me. And I was like, God, I, I really recognize something about that statement. And I was like, yeah, there, there is a missing piece there. Um, and I guess my first question is what had you start to think about this and like reach out to me and what, what was it that triggered this? Like we're missing an initiation for these kind of men, middle-aged men moving into elderhood. What was the the marker? What did you notice that was kind of the signs that maybe this is something that's kind of a missing piece for men's personal development? Well, you know, when you and I got involved with the Mankind Project and, and the New Warrior Training Adventure, uh, I remember both of us had done a lot of extra reading. I mean, you know, there's the assigned stuff of uh, Iron John, but we went ahead and read a whole bunch of other stuff like Sam Keen's uh, Fire in the Belly. Yeah. I remember there were like at least five other books, maybe six. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the titles of them, but there was one in particular that out of those six or seven books, there, there was one that mentioned the fact that in tribal life, traditional societies had not only the uh, boyhood to manhood rite of passage, but a warrior to elder mm. uh, transitional ritual. And I, so I was like, you know, well, that's really interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And that was the only book that went into it. And I said, yeah, this was a big deal because, you know, um, the, the, the traditional situations are, um, they're much more structured than what we have in society today. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are timelines there, there, um, you know, it might be a specific age that, you know, where it was a, it was a law that you, you now transition into elderhood, you know, mm. no matter where you are in your warrior life, now is the time that it has to end, you know? Yeah. And because, you know, uh, some guys might, I mean, any, any warrior who's, who's really, uh, stepped into their power is not going to want to give that up. Right. And there has to be a sacrifice has to be a big sacrifice and it's got to have a lot of support around it. And it's got to have traditions and rituals because guys don't want to give that stuff up. Right. Right. And, you know, our current society, we're, we're so, you know, happy with ourselves and patting ourselves on the back that we finally figured out warrior that, yeah. you know, we, we don't, we're not paying attention to elderhood yet. And yeah. so when I started thinking about this for myself, you know, I checked into MKP, I talked to a bunch of our elders and, and uh, leaders and, you know, they did some quick research. They're like, we don't have anything like that. Mm. Uh, well don't you think we should yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um it's been what like almost 40 years now that the the international men's movement has been a thing and it's it's you know you can see it's spread into the world Mm -hmm. it's entered the lexicon you know everybody says a ho even though they're trying to get rid of that now yeah Um, yeah does it correlate with the king as well? Do you think is it is it like a almost like a king weekend, or it's not that? It's something more specific to elderhood. Is there is there a heavy dose of king archetype in there, uh, or or not? Well, I uh, I don't remember anything specifically about that, but I would say mm-hmm. that absolutely that you know I, I would say the elder 
uh, has probably the most king energy yeah. of, of anybody, you know, because they're, they're the ones who are sort of, you know, leading, leading the whole tribe. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Or, or there might be a young warrior king, but he's going to have his elder, you know, council. Yeah. So, uh, to get to your question about what it was for me, you know, I just, I haven't had a, a traditional life, uh, in terms of, you know, the things that are, I mean, the, the best example of it is I have, I have a personal training client. He's, we're, we're I'm, I'm five months older than he is, mm-hmm. um, but he's had the classic sort of, you know, go to college, get married, uh, get a good job and make a ton of money and raise a family and then retire, you know? And I've, I've been working with him for almost 25 years now. Mm-hmm. And he would be from being, you know, super materialistic to now he's starting to meditate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's, you know, I brought up the men's work and he's always sort of poo pooed it uh, over the years. Like, well, I don't need that stuff. That's only for you, you know, marginal spiritual guys, like, you know, guys like me in society, we don't need these things. Right. Right. Um, you know, and then the most recent, sort of example of it was you know i started talking about this this elder transition and he's like well i just retired you know we had the big retirement party and uh i passed <laughs> on all my stuff to the younger guys and, and now i'm retired and uh, that was my transition and wow. you know meanwhile this guy lived in fear like nobody i've ever seen before you know yeah. he called himself a republican but the minute the whole you know when covid went down he had he had a, a a plaque out on his front lawn about Black Lives Matter mm. because, and I knew it was because he thought there was going to be a horde of black people coming up from the South Bronx to like <laughs> ransack his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he just lives in terror all the time. Mm. So he, you know, he talks a good game, but just the the stuff that he's talking about, those kind of transitions are just like little fragile, like leftover vestigial yeah he's the the real soul work is that goes into this stuff well and and you're talking about uh an initiation a true initiation like the new warrior training or any other initiation you know being a becoming a parent is an initiation taking on your spiritual practice like you did is an initiation there's this kind of you know growing into a different version of yourself i think both you and i could recognize that we've had different versions of ourselves throughout our lives um if you if you lean into initiation you will be a different version i think there's this clinging if you don't get initiated at any point uh by any of the the things and you and you try to minimize the initiatory impact of something like the new warrior training or take or taking a really radically different direction like you did with your spiritual practice it it sort of matures the soul and then you become you know i i was it was funny i was not to do a sidebar but my son is doing a book report on the hobbit and we were talking about bilbo's transition from you know everyday homebody into somebody that led you know, uh, led the party and, and, and was key to every single thing that they, that they accomplished was because of Bilbo's courage, emerging courage. And the more that, uh, what's, what was the King, the the King's name that was all greedy, wanting the gold, uh, Thorin, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you become the hero of the story if you can lean into your initiations, but you always, always have to let go of something, 
right? That That's the thing. Like when we did the warrior training, I had to let go of the people pleaser of the happy go lucky Tony that just wanted to be popular and, and didn't want to take the risks, you know, um, what, what do you think? Like, what did you have to let go of when you did, the, let's say the warrior training or, or your spiritual practice, but even more importantly, like in an initiatory Let's say we built an elderhood weekend that had an initiative. What would men have to let go of? Like what's on the table that's going to be scary for, say, you and I or any other participant to let go of? And then I'll, I'll weigh in as well because I have some that I don't want to let go of. Right. So, yeah. Right. right. Um, just just a, a quick thing about the the Hobbit. There's a, there's a great passage at the end of the last book, the the, Lord, um, the Return of the King. When the Hobbit, it's not in the movies, but when the when um, the four Hobbits come home to the Shire, they get thrown in jail by a bunch of little Hobbits, and and they just start laughing, you know, because they have to sleep on the cold floor, you know, <laughs> after what they've been through, after saving the world, yeah, they save Middle Earth and they're in jail, yeah, yeah, they're but they come back as a bunch of tough guys. It's like such a great uh, transition of you know because the the Hobbits are sort of depicted as kind of boyish you know and and uh they come back as men it's a great it's a great return uh scene but so in terms of giving up stuff i mean what what i've what i've got from the the spiritual practice is this uh, there's a thing called the law the law of loss and gain like anytime you want to gain something you have to lose something mm. or anytime you lose something you will gain something so for for the warrior weekend it wasn't there wasn't any major stuff i don't think it was mm. just you know it was just letting go or just sort of sinking into the uncomfortability of of the weekend it's like you got to you know you got to let go of the fact that you want to have some nice comfort food mm -hmm. and you don't want to take a cold shower you know and i in particular it was a long time since high school sports and i feel like getting naked yep yep so, you know, there's a, like you're constantly challenged on those little things, and um, the cumulative effect of of letting go of all that stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Um, I think that's a big part of that. You know, stepping into the warrior on on the the warrior weekend. So that was, you know, I didn't I didn't feel particularly challenged by that. But when I when I started doing my practice, um, that's that's where the bigger stuff started to kick in. I think I told you, you know, I needed I needed to do in the whole nother course in order to be able to deal with one of the main issues that that I was having to address. I think it was LT one leadership course where they you know they they make you isolate that one thing that's getting in your way of what you want to accomplish, and then you you step to the crossroads and you you know you you commit and. You know, for me, that that was sort of giving up the the endless dating and and messing around, yeah, with women, and and uh, because unless you're married, you kind of got to get on the very straight and narrow with a you know with an old school spiritual practice. You know, you got to go full on chastity and and celibacy like a monk. And doing that in Manhattan is a major challenge. Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um so that was that was a huge challenge that that was a big example of loss 
Well, that that's why I, I was there during that LT1 training. And in fact, I was standing next to you when you stepped in to declare it. And I, there was a little bit of weeping, like there was some tears and crying next. I was like looking over like the corner of my eye, like, what is going on? What's he got going on right now? Then you stepped in and declare like, oh shit, I don't want to do this, but I've got to take this spiritual practice on knowing that you were going to have to give up, you know, a little bit of the playboy life and all that stuff. Um, and that's a huge letting go, right? To make room for the new you because uh, many men don't want to give that up. You know, nobody that's, wants to give it up. No, no, no. not even no. the saints. That's where, no, no. That's where the whole thing of Saint Augustine, where he said, uh, "Dear God, please give me chastity, but don't give it yet." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, so like, what in an elderhood? Let's just like imagine what. What do you think men would to to grow into a a, a healthy version of an elder? in our world, what do you think they would have to let go of? Like what might be on the table? What might be the transition? I think a big one for men is, I think I heard some military guy, maybe it was a, some Navy SEAL or somebody say, you know, well, the hardest thing for men is to give up a sense of danger. Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, we all want to be dangerous. We want to, you know, if you got your woman, you'd like to go into a bar and, and, uh, if there's a bunch of tough guys in there, you 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 want to be somewhat that they're not going to mess with. Exactly. I mean, that's always been a big part of the culture, and it's, it's just what the warrior is, you know, yep. to be able to set that boundary. And then, you know, when you get older, then it's like if I've started losing my grip strength, like opening cans and things. Yeah, it's like this is horrible. I gotta yeah. get, I gotta go to the gym. Like, <laughs> thanks some more. <laughs> well, I, I, I know. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think men will need to let go of to to have a healthy, you know, later years is you have to let go of this kind of this incessant competition with other men, right? That you know, well, I, I, and, and I'm just, I don't want to look old. Like the other day I was like, caught, I, oh, I, I had a picture taken. I got renewed my passport and we had the picture taken. I'm like, Jesus Christ, who is this old fart? God, you know, my wife put in, she did the application hair gray, you know, it's just like, damn. And, but then there's a part of me that's still, you know, it's one thing to say, I want to be healthy. Right. I want to be healthy for my age. I want to look good and be relevant. But there's kind of a like, I don't really want to let go of being kind of this boyish, uh, upbeat, buoyant, you know. And how do I take that into elderhood? Like, is that is that hanging on too much to the gifts of the past? You know, getting really old just scares the shit out of me. You know, like I don't want to be, you know losing function you know i don't that scares the hell out of everybody um but it seems like what you're saying with elderhood a new version would be less you know i don't want to say less perhaps less fixated on the way i look you know i used to just work out really hard like even a, you know i didn't want an ounce of fat on me and now I'm like, okay, I've got a little bit of chub, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, <laughs> kind of like, I'm like, you know, can I, is what's, what's the balance of allowing myself to age gracefully 
letting myself become a new version without completely giving up and just like, I'm just going to be an old fart and talk nonsense. Right. Well, you know, uh, I'm sort of, uh, I've got a foot in two different boats of, you know, aging as a, as a regular person mm-hmm. and then, and then the, the whole thing with the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, part of the reason I do the practice is because as you probably know, like most forms of Qigong, if you, if you get really intense with them, they will start aging you backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had some, it, it sort of tips into super normal stuff. And I've had a few sort of indications that I'm on the right track, Yeah, which is uh, kind of exciting. Um, and it really is kind of an aging backwards. So, um, but that's, that's not so much the part that I'm worried about. I mean, it is, it's like, you know, the whole looks thing, you know, I told you, it's like 10 years ago, um, I realized when more gray was starting to get into my beard. I was like, and I noticed the young women were stopping, you know, they just weren't looking at me anymore. And I was like, yeah. well, I can't have that. Right. 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 <laughs> I put a little color in it and they started looking again. I was like immediately addicted. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 But if I want to, if I want to be full on integrity and integrity with the elder thing, like this has got to go. That's like, I, it's not something that I want to be attached to, like being attractive to younger women. Yeah. Um, it really is a parallel to things that, you know, becoming an elder and also, you know, walking a spiritual path is, is very similar. It's just, you got to give up all kinds of attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, you know, going back to the beginning, it's like what, what started this whole thing was, you know, I, I, I succeeded in, that whole thing with the with the lt2 course you know it's been it's been 16 straight years of what i like to call 500 percent celibacy like you know I, I i follow david goggins and um you know he he he's in his 40s now and he just ran you know he can run 240 miles in one shot so i feel like what i do is a sort of the spiritual equivalent of that you know because in terms of of this you, you can't you got to keep all thoughts of, of, you know, you got to keep your mind really pure to the mm-hmm. point where it shows up in your dreams and, and, and you can still remain celibate in your dreams. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how deep this has to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've succeeded with this pretty much. And, and now there's just a whole bunch of other stuff that's got to go. Yeah. You know, I know for myself that for me, it, it usually takes, it just takes a big decision and, uh, so I'm trying to figure out a way to make those decisions about the, the next kinds of, of attachments that need to go. Yeah, I, I'm going to read you a couple of I was reading uh, Louise Aronson's book, Elderhood, Re- Redefining Aging, Transforming Medicine, Reimagining Life. It's a pretty good book, but I just wanted to get a, I was going to read you a couple things. She says in this, there's a poem called Fear of Aging. And she says it just, she took one line. She says at 28, she longs to be 24 again. And then she comments on that line. She says, meanwhile, in my fifties, I find the idea of returning to 24 horrific. I don't miss the stress or insecurity or posturing all of those things that at the time I felt deceptively like potential and strength and opportunity. So she's saying I would not go back for anything. And then later she says, uh, if we if we don't mu- much like the idea of aging, certainly we don't want to be old or associated with the portion of later life we think of as quote unquote old. In youth and adulthood, we dread and in old age, we lament 
the lost functions, faculties, and friends, occupational redundancy, social trivialization, societal marginalization, and isolation that eventually accompany old age. We don't want to have to constantly contend with what doesn't work and isn't attractive. And uniformly, we don't want to end up dependent, hopeless, helpless, and institutionalized. Most of us will experience at least a few of those fates in our lifetime. But to look at old age and see only those situations is equivalent to looking at parenthood and seeing only the months of sleepless nights with a screeching colicky baby or the midnights waiting and worrying about an increasingly distant and reckless teenager. Although the concerns are real, they represent just part of a much larger picture. So she's pointing out, isn't it interesting? We fear getting older, but none of none of us really want to go back. Right. She, she says it right there. Like the, the, the woman in the, in, in her 50s, she's like the thought of going back to 24 is horrific. And I am the same way. Like if you said you could go back, it's like, no, I, I did that. Like, yeah, sure. It's great to have, you know, a, a young body and all that. And, you know, take another run at maybe some opportunities that I didn't take, but I wouldn't trade places with my younger self. And that might shock some younger listeners if you're in your 20s, say, uh, because everything about our culture says, you know, it's the best for you right now. But I, you know, I am super happy with where I'm at. And it's just a matter of like you've been talking about, like how do since we, you and I have both been committed, a whole tribe of men have been committed to this kind of hero's journey and and moving from version to version. Uh, I just want to get myself ready for the next part of this journey. Um, and, you know, I guess my question is, I mean, you can comment on anything I just said, but also like, how do we get ourselves ready and how do we live no matter where you're at? You know, my dad listens to this show. He's taking good care of himself, but how do you live with dignity when society doesn't really want to honor what the elders have, you know, the indigenous tribes, the elders were honored. They were put at the highest table. You know, they would never make any decisions without consulting the elders. So, yeah, I, I guess my question is kind of like what how, how do how do you navigate it with dignity, knowing that you have all this medicine for the younger generations, but they don't necessarily want it all the time. And you don't want to force, you don't want to be one of these people that's trying to coach people all the time, but how do you uh, contribute to the greater good or gr the greater hero's journey inside of this aging? Well, you know, I mean, what, what you just described is, is kind of the, the result of the whole Marxist communist thing we've been talking about, you mm. know, marginalizing elders is, mm. is a part of that. I never thought about it that way, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the whole thing we just went through of, of technology and like not, not being able to, me not being able to figure this thing out. That's, mm -hmm. that's built in, you know, that's part of their whole thing yep. is, is this is how you marginalize the elders. They give them new technology they can't figure out. And then, you know, then they're lost. Yep. Um, and I mean, traditional societies, the, the, the elders, the, you know, the, the grandparents lived in the same house Yeah, and, uh, there was no shipping people off to old folks homes. Right. Uh, you know, so now we have all that. And now, so the way we're looking at, at uh, aging is a whole lot different than, than it used to be in the past. There's stuff that we have to deal with that we shouldn't have to deal with. Right. Part of the reason that, that I took up the practice is so I can, hopefully avoid some of that kind of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm, you know, completely 
alone in terms of family at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if I get to be 75 or 80 and I'm super infirm, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's part of why I do the Qigong. But, uh, you know, for, for, for modern men and women, we have to have some kind of way to, to hang on to some youth to, to avoid these things, I think. But yeah. um, just for a spiritual peace of mind, I think, uh, you know, again, it's, it's getting rid of the, the attachments. Um, that's, that's just always the biggest challenge, I find. You know? It's interesting. I, I was talking to my 16-year-old the other day, and, you know, teenagers don't want to come to their parents for advice on stuff. They just don't, you know, and I go, I know, I know you don't. I go, but I go, here's the thing, like, I'm here for you. If you have questions about anything, um, I will provide you with a non-judgmental. I won't judge you. I won't. Uh, I won't shame you for any mistakes that you made. I go. The thing is with me, whatever you're talking about, I've done like at least four to ten laps around the track with whatever it is you've got. Right? Like, I think of my own father. It's like he knows stuff that I don't know because he's done it more than I have. You know, and that's that's what you don't realize when you're young, right? When you're a teenager, a young adult, you know, you think, oh, I know, you know, I know so much stuff and I know technology so much better. So I must be smarter. And they confuse smarter with technology, with wisdom, which the elders carry. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I mean, I used to be really, really bad at like fixing stuff, right? Like I just did not have a mechanical mind for that stuff. But now I'm pretty damn good because I've had to take so many runs at fixing the lawnmower, fixing this, fixing that, right? That I've gotten to be pretty good at it. And it's not any natural inclination. I've just done it so much that um, that's, I think, what you gain in elderhood is, I mean, that's why they, the indigenous came to the elders because they're like, you've seen this conflict with this other tribe like six different times now right they you you just get to be more aware of all you know you've had to problem solve a million different things by the time you get to be you know our age and so you know you could still be surprised but a lot of times you're carrying this steady eddie you know let's not get too emotional about that because you know it's probably going to pass and we've got a you know probably a temporary solution for it or whatever the case may be but I think that's one of the things that I see about king energy and elderhood, too, is this just kind of calm, uh, you know, let's not panic. Let's not get overly emotional. You know, like you see that a lot in the, in the narrative these days. Everybody's upset and offended. Oh, my God. And I think the elders can carry this kind of space of, look, you, you, you guys are working out this whole Marxist versus, you know, the pro-humanity, pro America thing that in, and we can actually step back, we can weigh in, but we can also hold space for the whole thing from a place of, uh, you know, uh, detachment and wisdom. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I just had a a thought at the end of what you were saying there. And I think this probably is going to go into your next question about who, who embodies elderhood. Yeah. But I I thought of a, a funny example of just sort of that, being able to control the emotions, you know, we see it in the movies and and in the Sopranos, <laughs> like the mafia, like the the made men, 
you know, they're a bunch of alphas when they're young. They're they're super angry and they're super, um, you know, if you mess with them, you get dead real quick. Yep. You know, they they make their bones. They they become made men. Um, but the elders, when they become when when the mafia elders, uh, when, when you get a bunch of old guys sitting around the table, they're completely they're not emotional, you know. Yeah. The guys can get in their face and they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, they go knock them off later, but they don't personally get emotional anymore. Right. And that's sort of like that's sort of, you can tell like it's a thing in, in that community. It's yep. like, oh no, once you reach a certain level, you don't, you don't get hotheaded anymore. Right. That's for the young guys. Yep. And if you're still doing that when you're above, you know, 60 or something, then you're kind of an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I think uh, that's sort of a a little little version of of just generally what is supposed to go on, you know. Mm. When uh, men reach elderhood, there's just not supposed to be this emotionality, and that is also reflects, you know, any major spiritual path. That's that's the the that's the the whole thing in a nutshell, you know. Yeah. Because um, yeah, because the you you were saying detachment and letting go there's almost always an emotional component, right? To the, to the, to whatever you're attached to, whether that's sex or some sort of substance or a lifestyle that you've gotten used to or money, there's always this kind of, the emotion is the kind of the glue to the attachment, right? It's not just the thoughts you have about it. It's like, it makes you feel, you get a dopamine rush or whatever it is that that's attached to it that you're like, I don't want to let go of that. I mean, when I quit drinking, it was like, you know, there was a lot of emotions involved in that letting go, you know, there's less. So now, I mean, I'm, happy I'm sober, but that when I had to let it go, I was just like, you know, I was a mess because it was just a big ball of emotion. So it was like every good time and bad time I'd ever had was rolled into me quitting. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, thoughts and emotions, uh, make up the attachments as far mm -hmm. as I understand it. So, yeah. um, that's why you get these, these sort of images in, in Eastern thought, of like you know when you meditate you want to be like a a pool of still water you know a clear pool of of water with no ripples in it mm -hmm. um and that's sort of the metaphor for for the emotional state and and if you can um if you can have that throughout your day you know you're just gonna it's just peaceful yeah well you uh, you, you, had, you had brought up uh elders that that model like who 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 would you put as your elders that are modeling healthy elderhood uh you know role models if you look and you know go hey that guy's got it figured out you know whatever he's doing is working is i i know there's probably people in your practice uh i'm not sure if you can name them or not but uh yeah who 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 do you put as somebody that that is like there that's the that's the trailblazer there that I'm going to follow. Right. Um, people that come to mind tend to be sports figures. Um, mm -hmm. Like I never really thought a lot about it, but like somebody like Bill Russell, he just seemed like a, a real elder statesman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's always had that energy. Um, I was just watching a little bit of a documentary about him. Um, even when he was 22, you know, uh, I think his size, I think, I think if you're six foot 10, that, that yep. helps a little bit. Yep, for sure. <laughs> um, 
but who really comes to mind are are some some of the boxers. I think one of the best examples is say George Foreman. You mm. know, hmm. um, yeah. You know, he went from like the ultra warrior, like he was the scariest boxer, heavyweight boxer that you yeah. know he scared Ali, he scared the crap out of Ali. You know, um, and then he morphed into this, you know, just a uh, happy-go-lucky kind of yeah, pleasant guy and he's uh uh you know i i think it's 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 not that hard for those guys because even george foreman at 80s can still knock you out yeah yeah for sure but you're um, right he he totally transformed when he became yeah. an elder you know yeah, yeah yeah and you know who else is doing it is mike tyson i know Another, like, the I love my, man on the planet and i love mike tyson yeah. yeah he's like who knew that you'd see him sitting in, a, in an interview and just start crying and i know kidding. You know, yeah, uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he said the other day, he said, you know, I just want to become a good man. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. like the most incredible transition to from a warrior to an elder that I think I've seen. Me too. Yeah, he's he's so endearing because he was such a tough guy from the streets, and then you know he had a whole bunch of shit happen to him. And then, uh, you know, he was in those comedies. So you're like, whoa, this is a different side of Mike. He doesn't seem to be taking himself that seriously. And then the more you saw him, the more you're like, he seems to be morphing into this kind of big hearted warrior. And he's setting aside his warrior. He's like growing into some other, you know, he's leaning into elderhood. He's like, doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to scare people. He wants to love people. It's just like, oh my God, who who's not cheering for this guy, right? Yeah, and you know another one that comes to mind is Jordan Peterson. Yeah, you know, he's not he's not a physical warrior type, but he's you know he's got that university professor like genius mind that yeah. he cannot back that guy into a corner verbally. He just he can take on anybody and just <laughs> that's just like verbal fencing, and he's so good at it. Yeah, just, he is too quick for anybody. But and but he you know he does have a steely warrior edge. Like you cannot mess with him and he won't, he won't let you mess with him. Yeah. But on the other hand, he'll just like read some passage from the Bible and start crying. I know. <laughs> I love this guy. He's fantastic. I he love doesn't this care. Guy. He yeah. doesn't care. He's just He's... like you're be a good person, you got to do this and he'll start crying. And, I know. And uh you know, women love that. Yeah. It's, it's like I don't know any woman who doesn't who's not like madly in love with Jordan Peterson because I know. of that, that energy. He's got I know he's got the king and yep. this elder just completely vulnerable side to him that uh so when you say, you know, who who embodies the the elder state, I think I think those are a bunch of examples. That's great. Yeah, I, I probably I'd put my own father in there. There's parts of the way he embodies elderhood that I that I look up to. Um, you know, he's a pretty peaceful guy and he's got his practice, his he's a Catholic, and and uh, you know, I, I look up to him in that way. And then some of those elders in the Mankind Project, like Jim Mitchell or Bud Wheeler, Bob Bear, some of those guys I think really embody the elder energy because you you notice this too. Like we'd be on the weekend, those guys are full on leaders, so they're they're sitting in the middle of the circle, basically, or at you know, they're, they're, they're the king, they're holding the king energy of the whole weekend. There's, you know, 80 men on the weekend and they don't have to reach for warrior all that much. You know, they let the younger, you know, lieutenants do that. You know, those guys run the, 
stuff that's got a bunch of yelling and and you know that kind of stuff where those guys hold the space for the whole transformation to occur and i think you know th- those men in particular that i just mentioned i've always really looked up to them they're older they're you know they're each probably 15 years older than me so for me they give me along with my own dad they give me a kind of path that i can kind of see that's like got dignity and you know, they still make, you know, big contributions, even the ones that aren't in MKP involved anymore. I just have a feeling that the kind of men they are, whatever they're doing, they're not just sitting home watching TV. They're like in, they're making a difference no matter what kind of conversations they're in. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's kind of, I, I seek to be a man that's like that, that I get older, I don't have to have the microphone or I don't have to be, you know, on the warrior weekend necessarily, but can I stay involved in the conversation about elevating humanity, elevating men? That is something that I don't ever want to lose. I want that to be part of my mission and knowing that that's going to be changing as I get older, but I don't want to, I don't want to lose my voice. I don't want to lose my heart and my care for the tribe. And I hope that, you know, that God just finds the right spot for me to continue to serve, even when I'm, you know, 60, 70, 80, that I still have a place where it could be small, but I still got a place that makes a difference. I still got a way to make a difference in, in the people and just be of service to any of the younger men that are looking for guidance and that stuff. So Mark, thanks so much for coming on base camper, man. I love talking to you. Um, I've just grown to really, uh, love our friendship and all the things that you bring to my life. And just, especially now when I've had so many people, you know, uh, excommunicate me because of, uh, moving away from the woke stuff that you and I have talked about. Uh, I just appreciate that you have been a fellow traveler and here we are still talking about where we've been and we're still, we've still got so many things in common philosophically. It just makes a really big difference. I feel in resonance with you. So thank you so much for being such a good brother and good friend to me over the years. And thanks for coming on base camp for me and my friend. Always great to have these conversations and hope we can have some more in the future. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with my good friend, Mark Jackson to find his work. You can go to the Epoch times. He's the film reviewer there, and he's got a huge catalog of content reviewing all sorts of films. It's very excellent. The book I mentioned was elderhood by Luis Aronson. I think it's an excellent book on this topic, and it would be something that both men and women would enjoy reading. That's it for today. Thank you, base campers. And we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. And good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.